Welcome to the VSP. I am your host, Rob Bershut, and I have my co-host with me, Kyle. Hey, everybody. And today we have a very special episode for you. We have the co-founders of OneMob, where we work. So Sati Hillier and Nimesh Gupta, and they are uh, they have some great stories for us. So I'll let Kyle kind of tell you his highlights. Yeah, this was a really special episode, I think. And if you're out there and you're a nerd like I am, if you're a comic book fan at all, this is like the origin story of one mob. So you're going to hear about, you know, just how the idea started, where, where, where it all began, what the early days were like, um, who came up with the logo and how, how did the name, like where did one mob, the name come from? I get that question a lot. So we cover a lot of really good topics. And I think just in general, um, you know, besides kind of learning how the company started, just like why it started, right? Why it started, why are we still around, you know, over five and a half years later? Um, so this is a really exciting episode. I think, you know, again, uh, folks out there, our listeners will get a really uh, interesting kind of perspective and insight into the, again, the minds of, of the two that really, you know, brought this company to fruition and, 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 and got us going. So uh, really special episode. I'm really excited for it. And uh, I can't wait to get it started. Good summary. I also, I'll throw in there a couple highlights of myself. A little bit of info on the roadmap for for one mob. Um, Also, we address right off the bat, you'll hear it uh, in about two minutes here, uh, COVID-19, working from home. That's so relevant right now. We wanted to kind of jump right to that and talk about that a little bit because I know kind of everyone's working at home right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my favorite parts, Kyle, was when uh, they mentioned what they were originally thinking about naming one mob, which is pretty yeah. cool. So um, if you guys have any questions, want to join an episode and be a guest, shoot us an email, vsp at onemob.com. But uh, enjoy the episode. Sati Hillier and Nimesh Gupta, co-founders of One Mob. We have some very special guests this week. Uh, we have the co-founders of One Mob, Sati Hillier and Nimesh Gupta. Hey guys. Hey. How are you? Thanks for uh, joining the podcast. I know it's been uh, a couple months that we've been looking forward to to getting you on, um, and we've got you know some questions to ask you. But I think we want to have a conversation about a, a couple different things. And the first one, I actually posted on LinkedIn to see if anyone had any questions for you. And we did get a good question from our pal, Kurt Shaver, who's been on the podcast himself. Um, He had a question about, have you heard any customer stories about how they are using OneMob to communicate during the work from home period? For anyone that's tuning in, uh, we are recording in March. So we are right in the middle of the COVID-19 epidemic. So this is kind of a, a popular uh, question right now. Yeah, um, this is something I can definitely kind of take that. And I know um, it's a very specific question. But yeah, I mean, given the timing that we are in right now, it's, it's becoming a really, um, I want to say it's becoming a really big thing for a lot of corporations in terms of how they want to now make do of this new reality and so all of a sudden a lot of companies are being forced to work from home i mean there's companies 
you know, like ours and others that have already been doing work from home or have already had some sort of understanding of that process. But a lot of companies are brand new to this and, you know, they're leaning on technologies like Zoom or Google Hangouts. But, you know, you're not always going to have an opportunity to talk to people face to face. And if you think about it, you know, given your workday is, you know, 10 hours or whatever, what else can you be doing to communicate with your team or with your prospects or customers? And so we are now starting to see more and more use cases around that. And we're, you know, generally seeing, you know, just, uh, I feel like it's, it's just this real authentic outreach where it's like, Hey, I just want to, you know, kind of reach out during this difficult time, but let you know that I'm, you know, I'm still here and here's kind of the reality of the situation, but here's how we can help. And we see a lot of other different use cases, but I definitely think that this moment in time has elevated the demand of video as a whole, um, especially as companies are having to embrace this new work from home environment. And, you know, we're really fortunate we, we can be part of the solution during this time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I think that's a question that even you know, myself and, and Kyle can answer. So we've been working with a lot of organizations who have kind of raised their hand and, and asked, you know, what are other companies doing um, with work from home and kind of being stuck without the option to travel? How are they using OneMob? And, and we're seeing it in all kinds of different ways. I think the, the first one right away that you see a lot of is internal communications staying in front of your employees, keeping them updated on what's going on. Um, those one mobs don't have to be outgoing. They can just be internal as well. So you can inform your team beyond video, make sure that they're getting the message and, and also, you know, include a link or include a document that maybe you want them to send out externally. So I thought that was a really great one. And then we've seen all kinds of stuff across the board of, you know, people stuck working at home. They, they want to match a face with the name. They want to be able to kind of have that, connection and be on video uh, with someone or deliver that message on video. So we're seeing all kinds of things. Some companies are, are bringing up COVID-19 in their videos. Some are kind of avoiding it for now. Um, but across the board, we see a lot of people using OneMob um, and that's because they want to stay in front of their customers and employees. Yeah, yeah I'll say, oh, go ahead, something. I was going to say, I'll just say one more thing, which is also it's not that surprising to me, but I think it's awesome to see that this use case is being leveraged with um, our platform. And it's obviously not a plug, but information sharing, right? Especially in this time when you don't know what's going on and you are new to using technology, video technology, it's uncomfortable. And to that will be, okay, I'm stressed out. I got like my kids at home. I got all this noise, all this distractions. I don't have time to record a video myself, but I do have time to put together some content, some materials and send it. I was talking to a company just last week and this guy's like, hey, I normally have to go on site to do trainings and share materials to get my clients up to speed. I can't do that anymore. So how can I share this information? And like, that's a perfect use case. You can put together all your content, not even include a video, send it and the reality is is you can do that right now with email but you lose all that tracking so we're giving that tracking component that's been missing so i love seeing these types of use cases i saw another funny one which was like this rep and he's kind of like social social distance selling you know it's like just stuff like <laughs> that, that i think you can get creative on but if you just want to be bare bones and hey i just need to get my word out my message out during this you know tumultuous time 
um, that I think is really cool that we can help, help with. And um, I think it's that simple approach that, you know, we're also trying to evangelize so that people don't feel overwhelmed during this time. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of on that, that line too, about not feeling overwhelmed even, there's a ton of video content out there already. Right? Like I started even just poking around like some of our customers' YouTube pages. There's some really funny videos, right, that I watched and I enjoyed. And I, I can only, you know, imagine that some of those customers would love seeing that time, especially when folks are on lockdown in their houses right now <laughs> and more or less running out of content to watch. So think about that too, right? It doesn't have to be a video of yourself to set these points. Um, you know, it doesn't, don't feel like you have to, you know, get up, get on camera and record all the time, there's a ton of video content out there already that exists that you can just put together that page and send it to folks just so they have some content to have fun with, right? And stay engaged and, and you stay top of mind by being the one who delivers it to them. Um, and then the other one I wanted to mention was uh, one that uh, we were on a session earlier this week, Cynthia, with Brett. Rob, you're there as well. Um, and he mentioned just, it's a moment to just be really authentic with people. Right. And to just literally ask people, are you okay? <laughs> right. Are is your family okay? Is everything okay? I care about you. Um, and to really show that, right. We're not always have to be selling, 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 like hard selling. Um, I think this is that perfect opportunity to really leverage video in that way to show that, Hey, I'm authentic. I actually care about you. And that's why I'm sending this video, not necessarily to sell you something today, but just to check in on you because we've talked, we've conversed in the past and you know, I care. Um, and I, and I think, you know, it's a really good, good way to, to stay top of mind for people, especially in certain industries that maybe you can't sell right now. I'm hearing this from some of our sports customers and things like that, right? Like they don't have anything to sell right now. Um, in a lot of, in a lot of respects. So, um, staying top of mind and then just genuinely showing you care, I think are just two, you know, uh, knockout cases here for video. Yeah. I'll, I think I'll add a quick, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I think you're, I, I don't want to hear your thoughts too. Cause I definitely have some color to add as well, but go for it. Yeah. So listen, I just wanted to add, I think a good exercise in this situation is all of us now have been receiving a flurry of emails from folks trying to sell us because and it's understandable, right? Folks are trying to hit their revenue numbers. They're trying to really figure out what is sticking. So they're running a lot of experiments as well. Try to look at, try to, when reading those emails, try to, try to identify what's missing from a personalization standpoint. And if that video, if that email rather did have a video, what would that video have to say to get your attention? And through that exercise, you'll be able to come up with how your customers would want you to engage with them. So I'd highly recommend that exercise. Yeah, and the thing I was gonna also add is, and I'm sure you guys are feeling this too, it's like right now, I kind of outside of your day-to-day -day work, but you know, everything else, right? Like what we're being told about like how this thing is spreading, how this pandemic is growing. Like for me, I feel like there's just like this real kind of gap of trust right? It's like, it's hard to know what's real. It's hard to know what I, who I can like depend on, who I can count on. And I think going back to what you just said, Kyle, about kind of that, you know, showing you care, kind of empathetic selling, I think right now is not a time to, you know, try to, again, like get more out of your customers. I think it's the time to also establish just that trust that, Hey guys, this is a real trying time and we're here for you and we don't have the answers, 
but you know, we want to make sure that you are okay. And if there's things that we can do from our side, just to make sure, you know, you're still, you know, able to kind of move forward. That's, that's the message that I would really be kind of advocating. And then, you know, there's going to be companies that are going to be like, yeah, you know what, right now it's a difficult time. So I can't tell you how I want to proceed, but then there's going to be others who are like, Hey, thanks so much. Like actually now that you guys are giving us some ideas and, and, you know, and I, I also think that's always important, right? Like, you know, having an outreach that has like no value, you know, maybe you want to rethink what you want to say, but if you can share value and really kind of surround it with like, Hey, we just want to make sure that, you know, we can provide that layer of trust and that you can look as, as a trusted advisor. I think that goes a long way. Just given the fact that like outside of business, I feel like people are losing a lot of trust in just, you know, a lot of their leaders. Great points. And I really liked what Kyle said. And I've been talking about that a lot lately because a lot of people aren't really sure of kind of what content to send out there, but look at what's already out there. Um, look at what's on social media. I know a lot of our, our sports teams, um, those social media accounts are, are still cranking out really great content. And I know as a sports fan myself, I'm craving that kind of content. Yeah. So there's different <laughs> ways that you can kind of um, get through to your customers and, you know, definitely the, the authentic uh, message just to check on them is a really nice thing to do as well. And I was kind of thinking as you guys were talking, you know, I, I'm all down on myself because my situation kind of stinks where I'm stuck at home and my wife's a nurse, but like, everyone's in the same boat here. Like we need to realize that everyone you're sending a message to, we're all pretty much on lockdown and kind of trying to get through this together. So, um, you know, the more you can do to kind of build those relationships and stay in touch with, you know, your key contacts, the thing to remember is, you know, we will get back to normal. We just don't know when yet. So any more thoughts on, uh, the whole work from home theory, uh, uh period. I, I thank you guys for, uh, partaking in my work from home challenge. Uh, I'll have to post that again, where I showed my at home workspace and you guys also showed yours as well. Uh, thanks for playing along. Yeah, that yeah, was I, fun, Rob, because I just, I had to, it got me to clean my office. So yeah, thanks for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, I mean, look, I think regardless of, and I agree, this is not a question of if life's going to go back to normal. It's a question of when. That being said, though, I think this is going to be a lot longer than what people anticipate. And I think what's cool is I do think there's a silver lining. And I think that silver lining is the industries out there, especially those who haven't really embraced things like working from home, are going to start to see like, hey, this can actually still be a doable arrangement. And I think companies are going to also start to understand that there is some plus side here, right? I mean, you know, the number one thing I feel like people think about with work from home is, oh, can I trust my employees? Are they working or are they just, you know, goofing off? And I hope, again, that trust thing is to me the most critical part of any business is like, can you, can customers trust you? And can, you know, your employees trust your management and vice versa? And so I feel like hopefully this will give the opportunity to kind of just surface that. And then I think going forward, I see work from home being not like a requirement, but I think it should be something that's going to eventually become like part of just the status quo. And it's like, if you join a company, there's those days in the office. Cause there obviously is a lot of value with being able to socialize with your members, your teammates, you know, face to face, but I think you can get a lot of great stuff done virtually. And I'm hoping that this experience will help just elevate that as part of like a standard when it comes to being in the, the workforce. Yeah, I agree. It, it give, we're given a lot of, 
individual contributors have the ability right now to really kind of prove like, hey, I usually work in the office, you know, 40 hours a week or more. But now's your chance to show that, you know, you're at home and, and you can still get things done working at home. So it's a great opportunity for a lot of folks out there that really kind of have that ambition to eventually work from home, you know, maybe once or twice a week or, or uh, more often. All right, so let's get into some more fun stuff. Uh, not that working from home and, and everything's not fun, but uh, one of the questions that I first asked to you guys when we were finally all able to kind of get together uh, uh, all in one place was what's the One Mob origin story? Like, how did One Mob start? Um, how did you get the name? Was there like any other names that were floating out there? I think the people want to know, like, how did all of this begin? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really kind of interesting story. I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, situations that kind of occurred when it was kind of coming to fruition and Namesh obviously will have his, um, angle as well, but I'll kind of just lay a few things and, you know, we can go back and forth Namesh, but I, you know, we, Namesh and I have known each other for, you know, close to two decades and, um, it's been kind of great just, you know, being able to kind of see our kind of past kind of go separately and then like now come back together. And there was, you know, respective kind of areas and, uh, um, that we were both really involved in. Like I, I've been kind of, um, into technology for the longest time ever since college and, you know, Namesh and he'll go into his path his background has like a law degree right and so it was kind of like this cool like opportunity to kind of work together with you know someone you know but also do something that was i think just really starting to kind of take off in the world and so my background before starting one mob um a kind of not just general technology but i i spent a lot of time at salesforce.com and it was during that time there that's when i started to just you know, really start to understand like the enterprise and kind of what businesses really kind of need to kind of get their business running kind of day to day. And Salesforce sells, sells this huge CRM and it's like, you know, the most popular one in the world. And it was during that time you start to realize that, okay, that platform is super critical. Everyone's using it or, or, or some permutation of it, but there's still this opportunity to kind of help a seller be more engaging with their, customers and you know email and phone are fantastic you're using it all the time but there's also an opportunity to improve your outreach because you know with the whole ubiquity of like just auto dialers and mass emailing and drip campaigns it started to become overwhelming to the point where it was becoming inefficient and so um you know one of the things that i feel is always kind of going to continue to be a, a trend in life is consumer trends, like what you do in your day to day is going to eventually influence your business. And so, um, you, we, this was around 2014, 2013, 2014, when like a lot of companies were, or a lot of people were just generally getting, um, more and more familiar with platforms like Instagram and Snapchat and, you know, FaceTime was becoming more and more common and how you would communicate with your friends and family. And, there was just this missing piece. There was this video piece that we felt was just missing. And it's like, why, why does it have to be complicated? Like, why is it that if I go home and I'm talking to my friends on WhatsApp, I can quickly send them a quick video or I can have a, a Skype video. So 
But when I go to the office, I feel as if I'm kind of only allowed to do phone and email. And so that was where I think the genesis of the idea arrived. And, you know, there was a lot of other like pieces in terms of how it was executed, but I'll stop right there and pass it over to Mesh because he, he also had a background that I think was also very uh, timely. Yeah. And yeah, this does bring back memories. And I mean, for, for the sake of this kind of story, my background as it relates to this was I used to lead business development at ClearSlide and ClearSlide is still around. Um, but it really, really peaked and had a really good run back in 2013 and 14. And they were one of the first innovators in this whole sales engagement space. And it was pretty much software that would help sales reps be more productive. And the angle that they took was figuring out and assessing how prospects would engage with you. So their core tech platform um, was around understanding when someone would open you up your email so you can follow up accordingly. And the unique insight that you know we were able to come um, to really understand was they're really putting kind of the cart in front of the horse. It's one thing to know when someone engages with your content, but the very first step of that is making sure that they do in fact engage with it. And at that time, Snapchat was popular. There was a company called VSnap that was doing exactly what we do right now. ClearSide was um, really dabbling around in this as well, but they didn't really move forward with it. And VSnap didn't really have a Salesforce integration. So we kind of, you know, stepped back, understood that the engagement part in terms of how do you engage someone was still missing. We assessed also that another missing piece was there wasn't any integration with Salesforce. And in order to get into these large corporations, you have to show some type of integration. And Sati had seen that um, through working with various partners in the Salesforce app exchange. And then we just saw Snap, Snapchat at the time, now Snap, just taking off saying, hey, like there's a, you know, there's a, a confluence of, of factors here. Let's try to make something happen. So we got together. Um, we started it in my apartment in San Francisco. We incorporated on June 1st, you know, Sati, myself, and we had two other folks that were helping us out at the time. Kyle joined us on June 15th, 15 days later. Kyle and I worked together at ClearSlide. And, you know, we started it from scratch. Like this is one of those clear, this is one of those stories where literally we started with nothing and then built a prototype, got a few customers using it, got some feedback. And then um, the rest was history in terms of raising um, funding and then landing our first big enterprise customer. Yeah. And it was interesting. Like it wasn't even one mob initially. Cause I remember like when I was putting together like some of our initial decks, like we were all like our MVP was all about answering like a very simple question, which is, you know, how do I as a seller, you know, send a quick video to a customer. And you know, the whole idea for me was also kind of like kind of driven by this mantra that we had at Salesforce, which was, you know, we want to make enterprise software as simple as buying a book on Amazon. And so I was like, well, what, what's our thing? It's like, well, you know, it's pretty easy to just quickly record a video on Snapchat and send it to your friends. So like, how can we do that? Like, how can we make our product really simple? And so our product initially was just iPhone only. You know, we had this great iPhone engineer who was able to kind of design it. And 
um, literally all you could do is you would turn it on, you would log in with Salesforce because again, you know, there was that novel kind of cute factor of sending a video, but if it was kind of living in its own world, it was quickly brushed aside as like, okay, this is an experiment. We have other things that we needed to do because like we live and breathe in Salesforce. So it was, you would launch the app, log in with Salesforce. That way everything was connected. And there was that, you know, um, uh, that kind of just, uh, consistency around, uh, being part of like the core systems. And then you would literally click record. You would record your video. We did, um, branding, which I think has always been one of our like number one features because yeah, people would be like, well, I can just use it on my iPhone right now. Like, why do I need to use your app? But with our product, you could, you know, swipe your nice logo, right? Put your company logo or something or a banner. And then you would click record. I remember we, um, initially thought, Hey, let's keep these short and sweet. So I think we capped you at like 60 seconds and then, um, you would stop. You could do some real lightweight editing, you know, nothing too fancy, but some filters and stuff like that. And then you would click, uh, basically like send and you would bring up your Salesforce leads and contacts and you could do tap one, one to one or one to many, and you would click it. And so the, the name we had kind of stumbled upon was one vid and it was like one video at a time because you're just banging out these quick videos. And then, you know, whenever you think about a business, you always think about, well, yeah, but we're going to be a billion dollar company. So we can't just be video. So we got to like, you know, expand our thinking. And so we said, well, maybe not vid, maybe mob because we're using a mobile device and the whole mob was also becoming really popular because of all the mob advertising. So it was like one mobile video. So one mob. Yeah. And I totally, it was, I, I thought it was based off of like flash mobs being really popular during, I, I think I want to say that time period when you guys started, <laughs> I totally thought that's what it was originally. There was a lot of mob stuff going on. Yeah. It was like yeah. this mob, that mob. <laughs> Wasn't there like a rap crew? In there like was. Oakland. In, in, that's like really yeah, questionable. East Bay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There is. Yeah. So if you Google one mob, don't, don't go to the, uh, the rap group. Go I, to the- I think we've out SEO'd them by now, but at the <laughs> beginning it was a problem. Those are, those are our initial groupies. <laughs> <laughs> our biggest fans at the time. <laughs> That's great. So any other kind of thoughts, uh, the initial thoughts of when you guys hey, first. Uh, I, I had a question. Where'd yeah. the logo come from? Cause I, I've been asked that a couple times. Yeah, I, um, I remember, you know, we were trying to go back and forth on that. And again, like, you know, I, I'm kind of got a tech background. Namesh has, you know, business legal background. And then we had two guys helping kind of build the tech. And so none of us were designers. And we all kind of, we were trying to figure out what the logo would look like. And I think I started to just look online and try to find these like applications that allow you to kind of make simple logos. And there was one that kind of had this idea of like, um, and I kept thinking about like, you know, we're video, we're video. So like, what can we do with the whole, you know, record the play button, that kind of thing. And I had seen this kind of idea of like the O looking like a, um, with a, like a play button in it as if like you're kind of pushing play to watch the video. And, and I thought that was really cool. So, you know, just kind of <laughs> use this like uh, word software to kind of make, make that shape and then um, kind of fill in the rest. And the first one was definitely kind of like, uh, it didn't seem very smooth. 
Um, so later on, we had like a designer really kind of clean it up, but that's what it was. It was, and I think a lot, and I will tell you, and I'm sure you guys remember when we launched the company, our kind of big launch was uh, October of 2014 at Salesforce's Dreamforce event. And we had the booth and um, the Salesforce had this kind of startup zone and we were one of the startups there, which was kind of cool. And I remember people coming to our booth and they would look at this O with the play button and they'd read it as Nemob. And they would think the O was a, an icon versus the O as one. So they're like, oh, yeah, what's I do Nemob? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you, you know, Nemob? And I was like, no, it's the, oh, it's a one mob. And they're like, oh, and I don't get that anymore. But I used to get that a lot at the beginning. And I used to wonder, Same. like, really, is it that, that difficult? But anyways, that was kind of the genesis of the logo. <laughs> That's funny. So my doctor once... I, I was wearing my shirt going for a checkup and I'm wearing my one mob shirt and my doctor was like, what's that logo? And I started to tell him about one mob and he's like, I thought that was a logo, a fictional logo that I've seen on a video game. It of is all things before. that aperture somebody makes. It is. It's a video game. We got to track down that video game and, and take a closer look at that. I've heard that several times. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It must be a really popular game then. We'll have to track it down. I'll tell you one more thing about the name. So once we decided on one mob, you know, you got to start to think about the domains and all that kind of stuff. And again, I think when we were looking at one vid, it was kind of so obscure that it was easy to find the dot coms. Once we went to one mob though, you know, lo and behold, the name was taken. So oh, all the socials, remember the Twitter handle and all of it? Everything was taken. The, yeah. And I was like, Oh man. And you know, sometimes it's so hard to find who is behind these domains because they kind of keep themselves hidden. Just somehow I was able to like through email or through LinkedIn identify the guy who owned the domain one mob who also owned all of the social handles. His name was Paul. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Really nice guy from England. And so we started chatting and I said, Hey, are you still using one mob? And he said, I am, but not really. I'm starting to go down this different path. And I asked him, what's your story? Like, where did, why, why, why did you create this? And he was creating mobile apps too. But the reason he used it as one mob was I believe he was creating apps that would, um, that would alert people around deals that was one mile from their location. So it was one mile kind of mobile apps, one mob. And He'd kind of put together a few and I don't remember if, if they were um, actually like generating revenue for him, but I told him what we wanted to do. And I think he was kind of at that point where I'm like, I'm not really using it. And so it was great. He was really friendly. We were able to get, um, you know, kind of purchase everything off of his hands and, you know, thinking back like, man, getting just six letters that make somewhat sense.com is, is not easy to do and is usually not cheap. So, um, you know, someone was looking out for us. <laughs> that's cool all right so let's let's change it up a little bit we'll go back to one mob in, in a little bit but i've got a question for you guys you have a podcast of your own that's not related to video selling at all uh can you guys talk about that at all yeah Nimesh, you, i'll let you take that one yeah i mean this is more of it kind of started off with an exercise that was between sati and myself as founders so you know, it's interesting, right? Like the, one of the main reasons why startups fall apart is actually because of co-founder breakup. 
the other two are because of running out of cash and number three is not achieving product market fit. So it's kind of hard to have a setting where you are just able to talk to your co-founder about just kind of various things. So Sethi and I, for the longest time, would take at least an hour a week and just kind of catch up and try to clear the air as much as possible and try to talk about things. And we just kind of noticed a, a pattern that was emerging in terms of us both being interested in just the empathy side of things where, you know, both of us are, are fathers. Um, I have two kids. He has three. And we're hands-on parents. We try to be as supportive, um, you know, to our spouses as possible. But we know we're, we're far from perfect and we have a lot to learn. And that coupled with when my wife was having a child or not having a child, but when my wife was pregnant, I kind of just observed a lot of things she was going through. And after she, after our firstborn um, was born, I ended up writing like a 70 page, like ebook. Um, and it's called my wife's pregnant. Now what? And it's on Amazon, which is kind of cool. Um, and it was just kind of the, the topic of it was, um, my wife's pregnant, now what? Ways to be a more empathetic um, father, essentially. So we, Sethi and I started talking about those uh, particular topics and we're like, hey, it would be cool to just, to, to, to have this conversation weekly to talk about empathy, like issues around empathy as it relates to men specifically, whether it be certain things that are tackled from a man's perspective, um, or what have you. And we started it off, um, you know, and we just kind of have kept it, kept it going. So we've been doing one um, recording a week for I think close to like half a year now. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Sati. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think we're close to 40 episodes. And yeah, I mean, to Namesh's point, like, it's also just a cool way to check in with each other, but at the same, at the same time, like, have a conversation that we feel uh, we have offline with other people. Like there was so many times where I would talk to other people, you know, not even just men, even women. And we would go down topics of like, you know, parenting or working from home or kids and how to handle this situation. And there's a lot of books out there. Like there's no short supply. I think what Namesh and I kind of felt like was, you know, as a, as a man, you know, you typically don't, have these like really deep long conversations uh with your friends about like i think very personal things i mean sometimes you may um when you know i think times are hard but a lot of times you kind of keep it surface and it's always the same things like how's work you know what's going on with some sports things like that whereas i'll witness you know my wife multiple times a day have these conversations with her family or friends and they'll just talk about like stuff from an outsider's perspective that you think is like so trivial. But what you start to realize is it's like these really small conversations are having are allowing them to have a very kind of empathetic, you know, mindset with each other. And so that when you do start to get into like the deeper things, it's like they're already prepared. Whereas I feel like men, because we don't do this a lot and we're not practicing it a lot, we're not very good at it. And again, we're, we're not experts, but I think what has, I've found over doing this, you know, for close to a year is it's allowed me to not get better at it, you know, 
all the time, but to switch into it quicker, right? Where even like, and I'll, I'll tell my wife, and I think my wife's noticed, it's like before if we would have issues, I would like maybe react to it a certain way and I feel like it would linger and I'd be like, oh, this sucks, right? Like I'm upset, she's upset, or it just doesn't feel good. Now it's as if I feel like because I've had this, you know, podcast therapy with Namesh, it's like, yeah, something happens and you just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, it was frustrating, but I'm, I can see your angle and okay, like I'm going to just, I want to share my feedback, not to like, you know, tell you what to do, but just so you know where I'm coming from and we're able to kind of move on like minutes later, all right, or, or moments later. And that to me has been like such a blessing. And so, you know, we don't have a, I don't even know what our followership is, but it is kind of cool. Like we'll get these random reviews or these random people reaching out to us saying like some really meaningful stuff, like how it's impacting them. And, um, uh, that to me is, is, has been like so amazing to see and it motivates me to keep wanting to do this because there's just so much to talk about. And now like with everything going on with COVID, I mean, it's like, I mean, this is probably some of the best time to think about how you can be more empathetic in, in your situation, not just at home, but with other people that you're talking to. Cause you're like, Whoa, like, man, I, I, you know, I am trying to reach out to you to sell, but like, gosh, you might like, I can hear some noise in the background. I, can, I have kids too. And it just creates this different type of conversation that I feel like companies have never been able to have before because we've all been kind of able to shield ourselves around like the corporate firewall versus like the home. Cause you know, the home is a really intimate place. Uh, so I, that's kind of like my, my thing about it, but I love it. And you know, if people are listening, you know, please check it out. It's called the empathetic man. And it's, you know, it's everywhere. Spotify, Apple, but uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's a great podcast. Definitely check it out. Um, another question for you. We want to get to know you guys a little bit more. I, I know you pretty well, but you know, our audience doesn't know you. Give me like one hobby or one, you know, thing outside of work that you are really into. Oh man, just one. And if you want to go, we'll take yeah, a couple. Um, so my, I'll just quickly mention too. So one is, and these are two big parts of my life outside of family. One is I'm a huge Soul Cycle fan. So Soul Cycle is this. Um, for those who who don't know, it's like it's like cycling to to music essentially. And it started off as just something that I would go to maybe like once every few weeks back in 2000 and I want to say 17 to now going close to four times a week. And if you ever asked me if I thought based on what I knew of SoulCycle, I would get into it, I would always just say like, no way. But it's, it's been a big part of, of my life and keeping me healthy and just keeping me sane. So that's one part. Um, and the second one is I'm a pretty active um, financial investor. So in order to be kind of a wealth advisor slash financial investor, you have to pass what's called the series 65, which I have. So that makes me what's called a registered investment advisor. It's an investment advisor representative. And what I focus on is um, buying secondaries. So investing in late stage companies. So some late stage companies I've invested in are like DoorDash, um, Airbnb, et cetera. And a lot of that has helped me become a better operator as well in terms of a founder of a venture back C Corp where 
I kind of understand how various types of um, shares are kind of structured, how deals are structured, et cetera. But those are kind of two things on my end that most people don't really know. Yeah, um, for me, yeah, I would say probably the top two things that I'm really into or that have been kind of like have shaped my life. So the first one actually kind of happened, I think, because at one point, you know, Namesh and I were doing a lot of, you know, late nights, working a lot, traveling a lot. Um, we were both very active, um, you know, definitely soul cycle. And, and I kind of um, joined a little bit um, of that kind of a society for a while when I was living in San Francisco. And, and then there was like some other like uh, workout uh, facilities in San Francisco that are quite popular, like Barry's Boot Camp and Orange Theory, etc. So I think generally Namesh and I also really in, in, uh, appreciate and like like fitness, which I think has also been great because you know to run a business like you know I feel like a lot of times you kind of sacrifice your health and that catches up with you, and I feel like we've been able to kind of prioritize that. But uh, I remember in like 2015, kind of beginning of 2016, I was I was just at this point where I was like, man, I I feel like I'm I'm pushing my, my like body at, in a way that is, is now starting to really kind of push back. And, you know, we had our son and we were about to have our, our, our daughter um, shortly after. So um, March of 2016, I decided to go vegan. And, um, you know, I'm kind of an extremist. Like if I'm going to do something, I'll just go all in. And I was kind of going back and forth. And um, shortly after a couple of weeks, I just started to feel like so different so much more like energetic. I just kind of felt like my body was like, you know, just responding differently. And, and so, um, yeah, that's, it's going to be four years. Yeah. It's four years now. And I haven't gone back and I, that's been a huge part of me like that. I, again, if you would have asked me five, 10 years ago, I would have thought, what are you talking about? Like, if I'm not having meat, I'm not eating a meal. And I remember like vividly, like pushing back on any time people would try to like have me just eat a vegetarian meal. And now like, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate because my wife has been super supportive during this because it was obviously a big change for her. And now the whole family has gone completely vegetarian and, and I'm still vegan. Uh, but that's a big part of me and something that, you know, I'm, I could talk on for hours about, you know, why I think it's um, not just good for you, but also great for the planet. And then the second thing is, is I, um, I, I've uh, always been interested in martial arts, you know, since I was young, like watching Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that, Jackie Chan, et cetera. So um, I've always explored different types. And then when I was in college, I, I studied this one Brazilian martial art called capoeira, which is, um, it's, it's just very kind of like, there's a lot of elements. It's not just the it's not just the martial art aspect, but there's music, there's the language, there's singing, there's a bunch of other components. Anyways, it turned out when I moved, uh, we ended up moving out of San Francisco to the East Bay, uh, Walnut Creek, and there's a school here, and so I started that also around the same time, around like three or four years ago, and that's another big kind of side hobby of mine is just kind of going to doing that. I actually got my son into it as well, so it's hopefully going to become like a family thing. But I'd say those are my two big kind of outside work. Um, passions. Very cool. And yeah, you kind of turned me on to the uh, vegan cuisine, which I wasn't familiar with, but you brought me to some, some places and I was like, Hey, this, this isn't that bad. I can get a hearty meal with, uh, without any meat. I was going to do uh, January. I was going to go full vegan with my wife, but 
she convinced me to do keto instead, which when I do keto, it's almost the exact opposite of not eating meat. So <laughs> I'm going to do it eventually. I like a, I like a good challenge like that. Um, and to be fair, like you brought me to places with like vegan pizza and stuff like that. That was delicious. So, oh man. Uh, it's so funny. Like I, like my wife will always ask me, especially if I travel, she's like, what do you do? And I was like, I just, if I, as soon as I'm done with my meeting and if I have some time, I will literally go like an hour away just to find a restaurant that has like, you know, unusual food just because you don't, you always get that. Um, and I just, I, cause I'm a huge foodie. Like I've always been into food. Like my wife and I love eating. And so now I, I, you know, I still miss like a lot of the, the creative things. In fact, I think when Namesh and I did a a trip a couple of weeks a months ago i found this place that literally makes like a big it looks like a big mac like you wouldn't even know and it's completely vegan and it's so good um but yeah it's kind of diamond in the rough so i i do find it kind of fun and entertaining because then you also get to go to these hole in the walls versus kind of like the more like common spots when you go traveling that's awesome. And yeah, you can go check out to bring it back to work from home. You can go check out their office spaces. Both Namesh and Sati's office spaces do have workout equipment in the picture. So they are not joking around. Uh, these are some some healthy in shape guys. Um, and, you know, I put out the article earlier this week about, you know, taking a break when you work from home and how important that is. And that's always been something for me that's been super important. And, you know, my break is, you know, maybe taking that lunch hour or early in the morning going to the gym. And I always found that and Kyle can probably vouch for this because I probably give him a call at least once a week and, and have some sort of like, you know, what I may think at the time is a brilliant idea. And I'm like, oh, I got to tell Kyle. It always happens at the gym. Like, that's one of my inspire, inspiration spots, I guess you could say. I like that, man. Cool. What else? What else can we tell you? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe you can give our users and maybe potential OneMob customers a little, like, glimpse of the roadmap or maybe just, like, something that you're excited about uh, with one mob through the rest of 2020, you know, we're going to be in April next week. Um, and I know we've got some, some great plans for the rest of the year, but what's got you guys excited? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and roadmap is always so interesting because you know, you don't want to commit, you don't want to commit to dates, but <laughs> put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't I, ask for I, dates, no dates. I just want to yeah. like, you know, give, give me something. Just yeah. wait till the engineering team hears this one. <laughs> I know, I know. I think, you know, and again, I, I'm, I'll, I think all you guys can kind of like add some color on this question because we're all, you know, like knee deep into um, how our customers use our platform. And I think one of the coolest things that I've been able to kind of experience at OneMob is we're not, we're not a company who kind of like works in a silo. Like I feel like we are constantly talking to each other. We're talking to like our customers, especially common users and, we're asking for feedback and we're saying, Hey guys, how can we get better? And, um, I mean, just, who was I just talking to? I was talking to another company literally, I think two or three days ago. And they're like, yeah, you know, one of the things that I liked about you guys when I was looking at your reviews is like how you guys, you know, service your customers and how you talk to them. And it's kind of like that whole, like, you know, Dunder Mifflin office type of thing. Like we're not huge, we're not the staples, but we do a lot of, I think just one-on-one -on -one attention to kind of help, understand their needs and then ultimately co-create our product. And so a lot of one mob again was all going to just be this phone app and then it's evolved so much because of what our customers have been doing and what they've been saying. And so I think what I'm excited about this year is to really start to put 
um, a lot of that into action, right? Like we thought our bit, we, we assumed our business was always going to be about video only, but now we're seeing people using us to send email campaigns and, and just run little mini marketing campaigns from their cubicle or from their home now and get tracking and being able to kind of understand it. So I'm excited about some of the enhancements we're going to be making to our email to make the emailing just more simple, more robust, more friendly, more um, extensible. I'm really excited to um, make a lot of enhancements to the pages. You know, it's, it's funny, like when you tell someone you're sending them a video, they always think, okay, so are you going to attach a file? And you have to realize like, wait, wait, think about that. Like this is like a 50 meg file. And then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense. So then you kind of open their eyes into like, we're going to stream this. And if you're going to stream it, you got to play it somewhere. And for us, that's been our page. And you know, it was the first landing page. Now we call it page, but it's essentially this web page that like you can build in seconds without having to code. And we've always been asked like, can we make it more customizable? Can we do more? Can we show more? And we're working really hard to make this kind of next generation page designer, page editor, um, which I'm really excited about because um, I've already seen some of the um, upcoming, you know, wireframes and designs and, and it looks really cool. And again, I think from there, it's going to help to just make people realize like, again, it doesn't have to just be video. Um, it could be other types of content. It could be for onboarding. It could be for training. It could be for, you know, just um, internal communication, as you mentioned earlier. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then we have some other parts of our platform that we've been exploring, you know, going from like video only kind of, or like sending asynchronous messages to being able to like have kind of real time synchronous discussions and hosting quick, like lightweight meetings. There's parts in the platform that we're, we're still kind of building out. And uh, I think that is also going to be well received because it's going to be part of like a larger story, right? Like our whole thing has always been, we don't want sellers to have to jump through 10, 20 tools. We know there's key tools that they're going to use in their day to day. And we feel like we're building this platform now that can maybe tick off three, four, five of those tools. And that's really exciting to me because we save people time. We make them more productive. We save companies money too. Cause you know, buying five tools, stitching them together is way more expensive than, you know, getting maybe two or three to do the same job. So I'd say those kind of big areas, are probably the, the most interesting and most compelling right now. What, what about you guys? I'm with you on the pages. So I'm super excited to see a couple, you know, new ways to deliver these one mobs as far as those, those landing pages. And, you know, I just get excited to be able to work with the, the awesome customers that we have and the users that we have and, just like seeing their videos. Like I have a, a number of customers that are users that send me their examples and I just love seeing them all um, and what they can do. So just adding kind of this extra element of, you know, being able to do a little bit more with our pages. Um, I'm just super excited to kind of see what our users come out with. Yeah. And I think the other thing I'm excited to see is just <clears throat> like with this trend of the rise in, even work from home and video tools right now, how many people turned on their video cameras for maybe the first time, right? On Zoom meetings or whatever it is. And so I think there's gonna be a huge just rush of folks who are more comfortable recording video, even folks who are out there who have, you know, are our customers or have thought about video messaging, like 
what we're seeing right now and how we're kind of having to change the way we work. I'm really excited to kind of see how that unfolds this year and, you know, how we can help more people uh, take advantage of that um, and more people become more comfortable doing it. Yeah, I'll just echo what Kyle said this in the mesh. You know, the world has changed, whether, you know, people accept that or not. Like fundamentally, the way work is going to op. The, the way work is going to be done is going to change. Even if things get back to normal, CIOs are going to have to have a contingency plan where mm-hmm. they're going to have to bake in all of the tools that are being used right now to facilitate work from home that are either in their war chest or they are slowly procuring in the future. So one mob actually is, you know, perfect for that, right? Like it helps folks who are remote connect with other folks um among among every among other things rather so i you know i i from a trend perspective we we really have that that momentum if you will it's just going to be a matter of really helping some of our customers connect those dots and continuing to show them successful use cases and how they can really utilize one mob to continue generating revenue yeah. And speaking of which, and I think I can speak for everyone on this call, you know, um, send us your examples of, of what you're sending out. We love to get your use cases, your success stories. Um, if you send it to anyone on, on this podcast, we share it with everyone else at OneMob. You know, it's important to us that our engineers, the folks that are kind of behind the scenes, really building the platform, they love to see that stuff too. So when you do share that with us, we like to share it with those guys so they can see because there's nothing better when, you know, we get on our Slack towards the end of a week and we see someone's success story. Hey, I, I booked a uh, appointment with uh, this person that I've been trying to get a hold of for a year or we closed this deal or we re, um, you know, ignited this deal by sending a OneMob page. We love seeing that and we, we share that with everyone at OneMob. All right, Kyle, why don't you take us home? We've got, we'll do our shortened version of our uh, rapid fire questions. We'll just do yeah, that I think, yeah, I think we'll just do the last ones here so we can, uh, uh, a lot of good content. Man, we could talk forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, all right, guys, last question for you. Um, and we'll go in turn here, just maybe set the up first. If you could have any one superpower, we ask everyone this, you could take a second to think about it. If we can give you one superpower, what would it be? Yeah, I've I've always kind of been thinking about this, and so I kind of feel like I have my my go-to. Um, <laughs> it's probably the power to heal. And in what way, like uh, physical ailments or just like, anything? Like to heal Curious. others. Like if anyone was like hurt, like I could like heal them. I feel like it's going to make me super busy though. But well, right now you're in. You'd be in demand, my friend. I know, I know, right? So maybe it's like the power to make a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Even just that specific uh, niche of that power would be useful. Uh, that's yeah. awesome, man. Namesh? Yeah, it's a tough one. I even though even thinking about it, I didn't know. I think this is more of mine where I think I just I wish I had the power to just forgive. And it's not that I hold grudges. It's just you know, I think life is too short. I heard this quote where it's like every moment of of anger or frustration is a lost opportunity of happiness or something to that effect. And I think what happens is, you know, the, the downside of trying to be empathetic sometimes is when you are empathetic, you are thinking so much, right? You're trying to assess every single angle. And 
it it kind of then make it it makes you overthink if you will so i think for me that power would be just the ability to either like with folks stay neutral or just kind of be all in and not necessarily you know hold grudges or just have things bother me awesome Good yeah one. i think uh, uh yeah we can all maybe i'll use some of that at, at, at some point or other um <laughs> <laughs> awesome guys uh well hey thanks uh for taking the time uh we know you're both busy so we appreciate it i'm sure our listeners appreciate it and um it's always fun to to chat as a group so uh, stay safe everyone and we will see everyone on the next one thank you guys 